Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! The Galactic Football League series is available in print for your e-reader and as audiobooks at scottsigler.com slash gfl. He was raised to hate non-humans, taught how to kill the five alien races with his bare hands. Quentin Barnes doesn't want to be a soldier. He wants to be a quarterback, the greatest to have ever played the game. And to be the best, he has to play the best. And the best teams are mixed species with receivers that jump 25 feet into the air and linebackers that literally want to eat you. In a league that spans light years, where organized crime runs every franchise, where football has become so brutal that stats not only track yards and completions, but dismemberments and Quentin Barnes must learn to lead a team filled with the same races he's been taught to hate. New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler presents the Galactic Football League series. Available at Amazon.com and at all formats at scottsigler.com slash GFL. For the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Hey, this is Stefan Kumara of the band Obscura. You're listening to a Bone Bat Show. See you on tour.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 67 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gordon. Might I add, you have a very deep and resonant voice this evening. You know, I, I got a little bit of something something in my throat. I, I don't know what it is, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I, I suspect I, it's self-inflicted, but in the meantime, Whoa. how's it going, man? Dude, it's going good. I got, you know, I complain a lot. And you? I talk about, yeah, me. <laughs> everything that I, well, I don't have to talk about everything I hate. We don't have that kind of time, but I, I talk about <laughs> a lot of things that I hate. I gotta give some props right now. Amazon has been kicking so much ass for me lately. Amazon.com. I ordered a router, a new router, which we're using for the show. Ooh. I thought you sounded almost silky tonight. Don't I? You, do I sound like really I'm being rebroadcast over like a wireless N? Yeah, you're just faster. I, every word you say is just a split second faster. Yeah. <laughs> this This podcast will be faster as a result, I think. Yeah, no, I ordered this thing Sunday night. Sunday night! It shows up at my doorstep Monday morning, like before 10.30 in the morning. And I did not order it super duper fast, get it here now, shipping or anything. How cool is that? Like last week I ordered a book, and I ordered it on a Saturday, like Saturday evening, to the point where the retailer would think, okay, this is Sunday. And I ordered it. I got that two-day shipping thing. Yeah. So I ordered it with two-day shipping. It says, fine, it'll be there Wednesday. Because that the computer will go, okay, we're going to have to book this on Monday. A two-day shipping gets it there Wednesday. Anyway, no. Monday morning, it showed up. I ordered it Saturday night. I get it Monday morning. Amazon is like just Johnny on the spot for me right now. That Love is those guys. pretty damn impressive. Almost yeah. as impressive as tonight's music. We are currently listening to, from Munich, Germany, the band Obscura. The tune is called Septuagint, off of the brand new release, Omnivium, on Relapse Records. Big fan of this band. Uh, how they kind of, it's almost like jazzy, really extreme metal. It's got bass that is right up in the front of the mix, which you almost never hear in extreme metal. I really dig that. And it's, it's a, a type of music that is, while being extreme and cutting edge, it's not alien sounding to people who grew up on stuff like Iron Maiden Metallica. So I really dig this band. In a little bit, we've got an interview with the guitarist Steven Kermerer, and I hope you enjoy the music. You know, I don't, I don't speak German at all, but you're, you're really pronouncing this stuff smoothly. It's just like flowing right <laughs> off your tongue. I don't know if you're pronouncing it correctly or not, but it sounds good. I, I think it's from having a German wife. I think I've picked up something by osmosis. But. I, you, you picked up something, something. Let me tell right. you. Well, you know what pisses me off, Gordon? What pisses you off, dude? Amazon sucks balls. Well, wait, what? <laughs> I said it. Yeah, Amazon may be working for you, but Amazon's pissing me the fuck off. Okay, a <laughs> couple of things. First wait, off. they're based in Seattle. I know this. Okay. You know, we were talking about a couple episodes ago, I'm really digging on the TV series Justified. Yeah. It is fucking amazing. As a matter of fact, the second season just ended, and the last episode was just some of the best TV you're seeing out there. For me, it was better than the last couple episodes of Game of Thrones, even. I mean, this is great writing, great acting, just all put together in an amazing piece of television. So we've been enjoying this the series so much, I wanted to order the first season on DVD. And I'm a kind of a cheap bastard. So I go yeah. to Amazon Marketplace, and I spend like 
you know, regularly it costs like 25 bucks or something like that. And I spend 16 bucks to get the season on DVD. The season comes, I open up the package, and the packaging is like really shiny. And I'm like, yeah. that's a little bit weird, but whatever. You don't like shiny we packaging. put in the episode, and we start watching the first episode, and it's just pixelating like a motherfucker. It's like oh. your eyes almost can't focus. On what's going on because like it's seventy two DPI. Yeah, it just started like it would break up screen. in different parts of the screen. It was an absolute mess. And so I'm watching this, I'm just like, what in the hell is going on here? And I start to take apart the packaging and I'm looking at it and it's all blurry. This thing was a complete bootleg. Oh man. Was it sold as Yeah, it was sold as a brand new FX series DVD set and no, total bootleg. So I go back to Amazon and I say, Yeah, this is a bootleg. And the seller comes back and says, oh, well, you know, they don't watch their uh, quality assurance very good there at the wholesaler, so we'll just credit you back that. And so I get the money back, and I email him, and I'm like, okay, where do you want me to send this thing? No answer. <laughs> He's changed his address. But, but I went ahead, and I ordered the real thing from Amazon for like 20 bucks and compared the two, and it's like night and day. You can absolutely tell. So Amazon, first of all, through their marketplace, they let some bullshit go on. Secondly, L.A. Noir. Uh, on my birthday, I got a gift certificate for Amazon, and so I ordered the new Rockstar Games game, L.A. Noir. Right? Today yeah. is the street day. I ordered this two weeks ago. I paid my thing. So today in the mail, I'm expecting. Yeah, probably show up today. You know, on street day, I go on to Amazon and I check. It didn't show up in the mailbox. I go on to Amazon and I check, and it hasn't even shipped yet. What? Because well, weird, I, cause it arrived at my house and said, give this to Steve. <laughs> because, yeah, there, there were different choices, you know, and I didn't do, like, next day or anything like that. I just did. You know, it's two weeks out. You know, ship it to me within a reasonable time frame. But I would expect it to be at least shipped on the street date so I could get it, like, the Friday afterwards or something. So I think that fucking sucks, too. So That does suck. Sorry. For, for all of the amount that Amazon's working for you, Amazon's pissing me off. There, I said it. Look, if you need something from Amazon, just let me know. Maybe I can hook you up. Get it Good idea, in a, probably. Yeah. In a timely manner. I don't know, man. You know what pisses me off? What's that? Permitting. Permitting, permitting process. You mean it, people permitting you to do something? Or the actual <laughs> permit? When I saw this on the show notes, I was kind of wondering, what are they permitting you to do? Or not? But, yeah, that, that would piss me off when I'm, when I'm not permitted to do what I want. But we have, we have future just catastrophic episodes of me describing what has gone wrong in the kitchen remodel that we're about to do. <laughs> but since we haven't done it yet, I don't know exactly what's going to go wrong. But trying to get a permit to remodel your kitchen is is a Kafka S enterprise. It's like we we actually had a builder with an engineer like sign off on this stuff. Like gave him honest to God plans to the city. Here's what we're going to do. Check it, give us a permit. We'll write you the check, give us the permit so we can start, you know, tearing up the kitchen. Because mm -hmm. nothing's going to be better than Gordon not having a kitchen. And nothing. We, like, two weeks pass, don't hear back from the city. So my lovely and polite wife goes down there to find out what's up. And they go, oh, well, you know, so-and-so in the permitting department, he was on vacation last week and he's getting caught up and... Let me check. Oh, you know what? There's only three people's permit applications ahead of year. So we'll have something, you know, surely by the end of the week. So I'm thinking, Jesus, 
how long does it take to do one of these things? How slow does this guy work? <laughs> right. You mean th- there, there's anything going on beyond like a rubber stamp? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, how, exactly how much um, Minesweeper and Scrabble does this guy have to do? <laughs> You're right behind three other people and seven levels of Angry Birds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he just can't that one that looks like a pirate ship. Just, ah, fucking pigs. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the end of the week comes and goes. We don't hear from the city, and so wife goes back down. Hey, what uh, what's up with this? And they, they essentially go, look, you'll get it when you get it. I've checked. There's no problems with your permit application, but we don't have any comments for you either. And what you need to do is write your name down on this piece of paper, and somebody at some unspecified time and date in the future will call you. Bye-bye. <laughs> These are the people that are, like, allegedly working for the people. We pay taxes and pay their frickin' salaries. So not only are they playing a lot of Angry Birds, like, they're, they're being rude to my very polite wife. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. And we thank, may never do this. Thank God they didn't shut down the government, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, God. Just think of where you'd be then. This clown probably, he's so far behind in his memos, he's thinking, ah, they shut down the government. (laughs) Play the Christmas level of Angry Birds over again. (laughs) That was fun. I'm sorry, man. That's all right. Because, you know, it's one of these things that sucks that it's not happening, but once it starts happening, it's going to suck, too. Mm -hmm. It's like anticipating getting kicked in the balls. Speaking of getting kicked in the balls. What, did Vaughn call in or something? He did. Funny you should ask. (laughs) How do I know these things? Thank you. Steve, Gordon, Vaughn. What? How are you? I'm good. Call in to, uh, first off, congratulate you for having some decent fucking music on the show in the last week. (laughs) That's a compliment to the band that I grew up with and uh, love the shit out of. I have nice to hear uh, SMO playing in the uh, background. I know you guys are bullshitting about them. They made me dig out the, their first CD. The first CD is probably the best CD. I know a lot of people kind of like the other two, but I prefer just the first CD. But I think it, it just kind of flops. Like, switches so many different ways in the next two CDs. And they're okay, but I think their pen open record is, is the first record. Anyway, I was calling. I was calling to thank you, Steve, for uh, sending me that Alex Cox book. Uh, X film. Um, I haven't yet broken into it. I got like last weekend, week now. Fucking worse and killing my, killing me. And I just, I really like to sit down and put a good amount of time. I'll probably do it on Sunday um, in the morning before my wife gets up. Probably knock out a good amount of it. But thank you for the book. Thank you very much. And now that I, I have to, I have to, I don't know. I have, I have a whole bunch of packages I need to send out. Maybe you'll be part of that whole package list. Like I think your birthday just passed, so you definitely deserve something, I guess. You're a very <laughs> cool guy. You always send me cool shit, so. So, Obama, I was say Obama. Like, fucking Fox News did when they reported Osama being killed. So Osama Bin Laden's dead. Yay. I guess. Great. You know. Great. <laughs> when you look at the freaking thing, you see Geraldo Rivera in front of the fucking White House with 800 fucking frat boys and frat girls fucking treating him like it's Mardi Gras. And you're just like, oh my fucking god. Like, and then the thing is, it's like, hearing all these stories from people I know who live in Manhattan about how, how people are trying to do, like, 
you know, chants in the subways. Everybody cheering USA, like, and, and, and they just getting beat down. Like, and, and the guys are just like, well, you know, you know, you see the troops, give them a high five or something, you know, support the troops. You know, and they're just getting, like, belated. And it's, it's kind of funny in a sad way. I mean, yes, he did some fucking bad shit. Fine. And he deserved what he got. Fine. But do we really need, like, the kids of today fucking bouncing around like idiots, like, dancing literally on his grave? Like, it doesn't, that doesn't make us look bad to, like, the fucking whole fucking Palestinian, Iranian people that were sitting there dancing around like assholes about this. You know, and then you look on, you look on Twitter that night, the next day, Twitter or Facebook, and you just, you know, the fucking psychopaths that you're friends with or your family with and just posting the most random, weird, pro-everything kind of stuff. And you're like, oh my God, dude, I am friends and, I am friends and related to a bunch of fucking retards and lunatics. <laughs> You know, so yeah, are we. Enthusiastic, but I mean, there's a little bit, you know, when you go a little overboard of enthusiasm and you're just fucking loony. Well, nothing. If I have a, what pisses me off, I'll probably post it. Actually, you know what pisses me off? When you try to call a podcast and their fucking, and their voicemail doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that fucking pisses me off, Steve. It would be nice when the thing works every once in a while, since I'm the only one who seems to call. <laughs> that pisses me off. Now, I'm going to go... And fuck it, say hello to my brother because he's waiting outside of my car. I'm actually can't do it how to eat dinner. So uh, enjoy yourselves, and I'll, I'll talk to you some other time. Bye. Yeah, I forgot to pay the bill. <laughs> 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 forgot to pay the Skype bill, but the phone, the uh, line is back, same phone number. So by all means, please call. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad that he enjoyed Mephiscopheles. I got some nice feedback from different folks who either uh, had kind of forgotten about them or had never heard of the band before and really enjoyed that. That was a fun episode. I'm glad that we were able to do that. That was really cool. Now, did the other people's feedback include what were basically thank you notes and to-do lists that they, they rambled through <laughs> on their phones to us? Or were they a little bit more <laughs> brief and cognizant? A little bit more. But I, I think he has a point there about the Osama bin Laden thing. I, I was watching that the news that night, too. And I kind of, you know, when I heard that he was dead... I kind of reflected back on 9-11 and, wow, that, you know, all these people died. And it kind of bummed me out again, thinking about, you know, what happened and the genesis of that. And after 10 long years, like, these families could have some closure in a way. And it didn't make me want to sing, hey, hey, na-na-na-na, goodbye. You know, I thought that was really fucked up. So I, I get his point. I, I hear what he's saying there. Yeah, I, you know, when I heard it... I had no emotional reaction because my first uh, reaction was just, yeah, bullshit. Talk to me in a week. If the story hasn't changed, then I might believe it. Because there have been so many false starts and, oh, we got the number one guy in Al-Qaeda. Oop, nope, actually we didn't. It was a goat herder from um, Detroit kind of things. Right. But when the story really seemed real, I felt like, good, fuck that guy. Next, you know, I just... Yeah, guy was evil, and I'm glad we're done with it, and let's move on to the next guy. And I hope that they stuck a greasy pork chop in his mouth before they dumped him overboard. Fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is kind of weird, the whole jumping around, celebrating. Yeah, just a little too much jubilance about something that was a bad scene from the start to finish. You know? Yeah, and there really is no, it's not the finish. It's not like the fall of the Soviet Union. It's, right. you know, one... 
crazy evil dude is dead, but there's still a bunch of crazy evil dudes out there. Yeah. We're not all of a sudden back from Afghanistan. We don't all of a sudden have, uh, no one's gone, hey, you know what? Iraq makes sense now. It's just <laughs> like, yeah, I'm still rat fucked. Well, I got another voicemail. Oh, okay, good. Hey there, Bone Bats. This is Matt, just some geek from Seattle. I was uh, worried that if I didn't have my voice going out over the internet, I would I would lose my soul or something. So I thought I'd call and harass you guys. Um, plus, I love you, Gord. <laughs> plus, as, uh, as as you pointed out, now that we don't have to worry about uh, keeping away from an explicit tag, I, I can swear now. So, shit, damn, fuck, asshole, douchebag. Fuck you, Gord. <laughs> love you guys. That was awesome. That was great. That was Matt and Shannon, of course, formerly of Seattle Geekly. So I'd like to stop a moment and give a shout-out to the SG. Seattle Geekly was a podcast that went on for, I think, going on three years. And every week they were covering whatever awesome, nerdy, geeky shit was going on in Seattle. Anything from manga conventions to comic book conventions to horror conventions to... You know, signings at bookstores, authors in town, geek music, you name it, they covered it, and they covered it well. And Gordon and I, we do a show every three weeks, if that. So I respect people who put out weekly shows. That is a hell of a grind, and to do it as well as they did for as long as they did, my hats are off. You will be much missed. I don't know what I'm going to do on the weekends without Seattle Geekly telling me what to do. So thank you to Matt and Shannon both for the voicemail and for all the work you did in the great listening on Seattle Geekly. That was awesome. And fuck you too. <laughs> also, uh, while we're just blowing uh, different podcasts, uh, <laughs> a Little Dead podcast just had their 100th episode. Okay, wow. Mick Pierce started this like two years ago. He started half the time ago that we did. And they're already to 100 episodes. Plus, he does a little comic book update every week as well. This guy's so fucking prolific, it is insane. He's podcasting circles around us, man. And he always does a great job. Quality shows, great music, excellent production. Uh, again, I got to tip my hat to McPierce, too. You are the man, McPierce. Congratulations on 100 episodes. Yeah. How do they do it, man? I don't, I, well, I don't it's know. It's like we could do a show or we could play Black Ops because, you know zombies you know that's not true because if we started trying to do that many shows we we would really be turning out horrible shows <laughs> we don't have enough material or talent or ambition i think to turn out that many shows right well you know i mean sometimes yeah we got to get away from the computer a little bit hey speaking of getting away from the computer you know what i did this weekend got away from the computer i did on sunday we uh julie and i actually did an exercise thing together the hall ash ride the red hook hall ash ride was on sunday which is kind of it celebrates sort of the anniversary of mount st helens and so it is a bike ride from red hook brewery in woodenville to red hook brewery in fremont and back (laughs) so you have a beer you go you ride you have a beer you ride back, you have more beer. That's good. It was awesome. The only thing, we had a bunch of friends. Limo and his wife went. Andy C., who I rode the STP with, and his wife went. Dennis, who you, do you remember Dennis from uh, the Bone Bat Film Festival? He was there? Yeah. Yeah, so a whole bunch of friends. It was great, but, man, it fucking poured. I am so sick of the rain, dude. 
you live in Seattle. Yeah, dude. but it's May. It's damn near June. This is ridiculous. It's, it's time to dr- for shit to dry out. Because I did the same ride two years ago, and it was like a beautiful day where you had to put sunscreen on halfway through the ride. Uh, and yeah, I think I must have gotten a cold or something. Uh, well, that's why you're so deep ride. in resonance. Yeah, that's why I sound like I got a frog in my throat, right. But yeah, it was a lot of fun, though. It was a nice ride. It's, it's almost all flat. So, oh, you know, nice. it's the kind of ride you can do a lot of coasting and chatting with your friends, and then there's beer. Well, hooray for that. Yeah, I like that. So, dude, you got a political rant this week? Yeah, you know, I I do. I, I'm afraid that sometimes my political rants are, are just kind of obscure and boring, and I'm afraid that this may be another one, but just, just bear with me. Hey, wait, we have something from Vaughn. Oh, well, all right, let's listen to what... Hi, boys, it's Vaughn again. What else pisses me off? That cocksucking, ball, half-bald retard, fucking Donald Trump. <laughs> All this fucking time. You know, I hope he fucking runs. I hope he runs as a fucking Republican and he has to reassign and runs up as a fucking independent. And I hope he loses fucking hardcore because if we all fucking laugh at his dumb ass, fucking, I came from nothing bullshit. His parents were fucking well off. You know, how many times has he fucking gone broke and been able to survive somehow? Ah, fucking dickhead that guy is. Not a douchebag. This whole birth issue with the fucking goddamn president and the goddamn long form birth certificate. And then I, and I really hope that Obama fucking actually did cut out the last five minutes of the fucking super celebrity apprentice so he could just say, fuck you, Donald Trump, because that guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, fucking cock smoker. That asshole bastard. And I, and I live in the same goddamn area that that fucker built all this bullshit. We got all these stupid buildings in New York City. Got all these stupid buildings in Atlantic City. And it's just like motherfucker. Your kids gaudy as hell. You look like a retard. You you should be bashing the head with a baseball bat. Oh, and the problem is, if he fucking does run, we'll probably have to deal with his ass the whole fucking time, rambling and rambling like a fucking idiot. It's worse than I do. Ugh. And he sits there and goes, "You know what? It wasn't my fault. All this shit happened. It was all your freaking." Uh, all these freaking news shows that kept coming up to me and asking me questions. You're the one who fucking can bring that up. You look at all the goddamn things. They just ask you questions. You go off for 25 minutes about it, you fucking dickhead. Ugh, <laughs> motherfucker. And you look at the rest of these idiots. You got Ron Paul fucking running around. Get ready. You got Newt Gingrich, who's on wife number three, who's fucking running around going, you know, I'm, I'm family. I'm a conservative, and uh, I'm very family friendly. When, like, the last two wives he's dumped, as about to die, are very sick. The last wife, he was seeing this chick that he's married to now while she was sick. And then fucking also at the same time when he was the House of Representatives and he was fucking trying to get Bill Clinton to fucking resign because of the whole thing with Monica Lewinsky. What a fucking hypocritical cocksucker. Oh, it fucking pisses me off, man. And the, the, the Democrats aren't any better. They're, they're all fucking shoving their fucking tails in the air. All right, I won't help you out. The teeth bag, this fucking fuck big dick, you can't even fucking talk to them because they have the time to fucking go shoving their fingers in your I don't hear you, I don't hear you. It's like, you fucking assholes. You're those dumb fucks who put fucking creationism in goddamn schools. Because, oh, that doesn't seem like from what I've read in the Bible. And then you got these other assholes with the fucking end of May or the May 21st coming. Supposedly we're all going to die for the next Saturday. We're all going to fucking die because the fucking rapture's going to come. Fuck that bullshit. That book is fucking just hearsay. And it's garbage. <laughs> oh, fuck. I mean, no offense to anybody who's religious in this group, the two of you. I know, I know you both have very scattered opinions on religion, but 
Fuck that bullshit. They're all saying they're going to be this time. And over in the next 50 years, they fucking did a poll where it's like, um, yeah. How many Christians think the fucking the, the new car, the rapture is going to happen? I want another by 2050. Are you fucking kidding me? Fucking retarded. Unbelievably idiotic. It's tough. Ladies wow. and gentlemen, the poet laureate of New Jersey. <laughs> That was a finely nuanced political rant. I, I cannot compete with that at all. That, wow. Have you ever that, seen the marquee act get blown off the stage by the opening act? It just happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit. And by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, which is airing on the 22nd, those idiots were wrong and the world did not end on the 21st. So, hey, you heard it from here first. Yeah. Uh, however, if the rapture did happen, fuck, Steve, that's too bad. You put a lot of work into the podcast. <laughs> All that editing, fuck. Ah, oh, waste <laughs> of time. Now we've got the black-eyed whore of Babylon and the seven-headed beast and the angels and trumpets and all that crap. Oh. Well, like they say, fuck it, let's party. This is Obscura with Anti-Cosmic Overload. <laughs>
All right, once again, that was Anti-Cosmic Overload from 2009's Cosmogenesis from the band Obscura. And joining me now is the guitarist and mastermind behind the band, Stefan Kermurer. How you doing, man? Welcome to the Bone Bat Show. Hey, uh, thank you for your interest in Obscura. I'm doing pretty well. Just had a wonderful meeting with a toxic burger of uh, a company called McDonald's yesterday and spent the whole night uh, in the bathroom. So sorry if uh, the interview is a little bit slow today. <laughs> that is brutal. There may be a song in that, right? At some point. Mm. Toxic vomit or something like that. Oh, it's more like a toxic holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> I know that band. So I first heard you guys when Cosmogenesis came out and... I, I was kind of taken in by uh, Orion Landau's incredible art, but the first time I heard Anticosmic Overload, it was the amazing crisp bass sound in the mix that made me say, holy shit, that is fantastic. Because a lot of times in extreme music, that sort of thing is lost, and you guys have captured that really well over the last two albums. Is that by design? Yeah, definitely. Usually during the last metal records I heard within the last couple of years, uh, the bass guitar usually is just there to make some, some boost in the low end of the whole mix. But if you have somebody like Steve DiGiorgio or Irun um, Tesseling who's playing bass, well, it's a waste of talent if you uh, throw the mix down to a small level. So within Cosmogenesis and Omnivium, uh, the guitars and the bass is uh, equal equal in the loudness of the mix so yeah it's kind of by design so I mean you have a um, another dimension uh, if you have a third guitar in that case the bass is uh, you, you can see it as a guitar and um, you have more and more um, freedom uh, of the compositions and I guess it's more or less interesting for some people out there yeah and very distinctive as well so, as I said, I'm kind of new to Obscura. Can you kind of tell me how you guys got started a little bit? We started actually uh, seven years before Cosmogenesis was uh, released. So in 2002, mm -hmm. um, I founded a band with uh, some friends of uh, the Munich area. And we just recorded our first demo and started working on our uh, debut album called Retribution, which was just re-released uh, re via Relapse last year. And, uh, yeah, from that point on, we started touring uh, within Europe. But, mm -hmm. unfortunately, we never had a record label or who helped us out with anything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, all of the tours we did were organized by ourselves. Okay. So, it was kind of hard, but somehow we, we made it. And in the end, uh, with a new lineup that came together in the end of 2007, uh, which is the, the current lineup as well, we got the chance to sign a deal with uh, Relapse Records. And I guess from that point on, everybody in, in the U.S. recognized uh, Obscura as a band. You have uh, actually a couple of members from, I guess, your uh, neighbor state to the west from uh, Necrophagist who joined the band, too. So really a high level of musicianship in the current lineup. It's pretty amazing. Thank you very much. <laughs> I see this as a compliment. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, then, uh, Hannes and uh, Christian, who recorded Epitaph and also wrote uh, material on that album, are definitely talented, talented as well. Uh, nobody else I know from this area, so mm. I'm really glad to have both of them in the band, as well as Hirun. That's very cool, yeah. So, you know, one of the interesting things for me about Cosmogenesis as well is that 
you know, in a lot of ways these days, metal can be kind of really individually song-driven. And not that there aren't great songs, but I can listen to Cosmogenesis end-to-end over and over. It is such a cool piece that way. And I, I can't think of too many, you know, in a day where everything is skipping around on iPods, I can't think of too many albums where that's the case for me. Hey, thank you very much. Another compliment. So, I guess uh, the interesting thing of, of this album is the mix of um, prog elements and straight death metal. So uh, you have kind of old songs like Anticosmic Overload and Incarnated. I guess you listen to them twice and then you know the whole song structure and the chorus and everything. Mm-hmm. On the other side you have more proggy and uh, tactical uh, material. For example, the song Centric Flow in the end, which is, I guess, eight minutes long or so, and uh, there's barely, barely uh, a part which uh, will repeat it at any time yeah. within that song. So I guess the, the mix makes it uh, more interesting for the listener. So mm-hmm. somewhere you uh, you can enjoy the technique and proc parts. On on the other hand, you have an easy listening song, which takes the interest back and uh, gives you some, some freedom to think about the material. And then you have another proc part. Mm-hmm. And then the album is over and you can listen to it again. <laughs> exactly. At least that's my theory. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that, that is cool about your sound too, I think, is that although it's absolutely cutting edge and it has all the amazing technical techniques, it's not really obtuse for someone who was raised on 80s metal and Metallica and Iron Maiden, you can immediately still grasp that. It, it, it doesn't sound alien to you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess we are all into into old 80s stuff. <laughs> um, I guess especially uh, Christian and Hannes, they are obviously influenced by uh, Symphonics. And of course, we are German by the Scorpions. Oh, sure. Something like that. Cool. And so then we, we come upon Omnivium, your new release. Which I'm really enjoying. What was the writing process for the new album like? We had two years uh, we spent for for the songwriting. Mm -hmm. And within those two years, we had a lot of touring for uh, the previous album, Cosmogenesis. So somehow most most of the material was uh, written on a computer. We're using uh, Guitar Pro. Mm -hmm. It's a MIDI-based software. And uh, we are just sending all the ideas to the other members as we do not live in the same city and um, well on that songwriting process all, all ideas are uh, wrapped several times by, by each member so in the end you have a bunch of riffs somebody creates a whole song out of them so unfortunately we do not have that old school approach uh, during the songwriting process with old school like- I mean the, the uh, regular meetings in a rehearsal room once or twice a week that's not possible, unfortunately. I would love to do that again, but um, well, we have to work this way, and uh, a lot of complex material is uh, coming out of Guitar Pro, and the problem is uh, you have to play it somehow on your instrument on the live situation. <laughs> That's the whole problem, I see. Yeah. Does it kind of take you very long to rehearse before you go on tour to get it all down working together when you're kind of putting the project together from different places originally? Um, usually we just um, met twice or three times before a tour, but this time we are rehearsing for, I guess, four or five weeks in a row. So that means twice a week. And I, I guess uh, the whole interplay is getting better and better. So I hope people can expect a better live show right now. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah, and you're getting ready to go on a big tour, right? You're going to spend 
the next several months rocking people all over the world. Oh, definitely. I mean, you're talking about the Children of Bodom tour? I yeah, guess. yeah. Well, first, you're, you're touring Europe in May, right? And then you come to the U.S. with Children of Bodom. Yeah, exactly. And in the end of the year, a lot of other ideas are planned and we are laying out of lines at the moment. And I guess we're going to Asia and once again to Europe and the U.S. again. So, a lot of lot of work to do, I guess. <laughs> That's amazing. But, but honestly, we are looking forward to tour uh, again. And I guess this time with, with Children of Bodom um, and Devin Townsend and Septic Flesh, the, the, the whole lineup is pretty interesting because we do not know what to expect. I mean, there are a lot of uh, kids who are uh, definitely playing guitar, but I do not know uh, how the reaction will be on, on a shred tech band uh, as we are. Yeah. Well, it'll be, you know, with a, with a headliner like Children of Bodom, you're going to get a lot of exposure to kids who haven't seen you yet. And I can only think from my reaction to your music that a lot of people are going to be impressed. Cool. So let's add some fuck you, fuck this, fuck that to the announcements, <laughs> and then I guess it will work. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all you need to do. <laughs> well, I'm kind of bummed, though, because it sounds like you all don't live in Munich. My, my wife actually has some family there. And so I, I kind of had this dream of going to Oktoberfest and catching you live. I guess that's not going to happen, huh? Oh, uh, I just can recommend you not to go to Oktoberfest anytime. Ever? Nobody of the Munich area wants to go there because <laughs> it smells like puke, like shit, like drunken people, and you're not allowed to smoke inside of the tents anymore, and wow. everybody beats up anybody else, and it's, it's more like war, but in a, really? in a plastic and colorful way. Drunk and beer. So, huh, well, like, if you're into that, well, <laughs> I've only heard <laughs> yeah, good stories, but it was from when, you know, a much younger age, I guess. So. All right, man. Well, one final question we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show what pisses you off? Especially in Germany, we have some kind of um, technical death metal fan. It's usually 15 years old, uh, has a lot of pickles in the face, wears glasses, don't have long hair. And says in your face that he's the biggest fan of your whole work and tells you in the same sentence that you suck big time and have to practice a lot more. <laughs> um, that's something I really don't like. But I guess that's just usual in German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of interesting. I love you, but you suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially this, yeah, I like the live show, but actually you have to practice a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe they're right, but I guess somewhere there's some consistency. Oh, yeah, that's, that's too much. All right, man, so uh, where can we find your stuff online for our listeners? Where can they buy your CDs? Where can they, uh, where's your home on the web? Well, uh, we are present at um, Facebook, MySpace, and all of those known pages, but I guess the best way for uh, U.S. Americans to order our music is um, the Relapse Mail Order. Just visit www.relapse.com. Perfect. Yeah, and uh, all three. I have all three of the CDs, including the deluxe version of Omnivium. The packaging oh, wow. that Relapse is doing right now with Orion Landau's art is freaking amazing. These things look great. Yeah, I absolutely love to work with Orion. And um, before we worked the first time with him for uh, the album Cosmogenesis, we tested out a lot of other artists. But um, I, I tried to get somebody who creates art that fits exactly to the music 
and uh, you're able to work with uh, on a long-term way. So that's also the case why he is uh, creating the art for the re-release of our debut album, um, all of the LPs, even the merchandise and uh, Omnivia. And he will also create the, the upcoming artworks for the next albums. So let's see what he will come up with next. Very cool stuff. All right, well, thanks again, man, for joining us on the Bone Bat Show. I really appreciate it. What tune are we going to listen to next? Thank you very much for your interest uh, in Obscura, and sorry for my slowliness tonight. <laughs> next song you're listening to is Velocity, Kneefall for the Mighty Emperor from Norway with a fusion guitar solo. Enjoy.
All right, once again, that was Velocity from Obscura on the album Omnivium from Relapse Records that just came out. Pick it up now. Thank you to Stefan for the interview. That was awesome, man. Yeah. Now, how about a little multimedia triage? How about multimedia triage? What are you digging on right now, man? Well, I'm still digging on Game of Thrones. But I got to say, the last time I watched the last episode, Mm -hmm. and uh, there was a scene that I, I don't actually remember being in the book okay what scene was that that's the scene where two of the male characters one was shaving the other's body and then proceeded to give him a hummer <laughs> i don't think that was in the book I, I think mr martin was a little more subtle in the uh well he's not always more subtle no he's, I mean, he's there's certainly people not thrown i could see off him writing yeah. something like that <laughs> but he did I, not in fact write that scene no and right after the i watched game of thrones Believe me, they're putting the gay back in gay of Thrones. (laughs) Let me step back, though. I'm actually kind of happy that that scene happened because in order to balance the universe, there had better be some red-hot lesbo scene with Cersei or with uh, Khaleesi and her slave girl. (laughs) There might be. There might be. You never know. I do recall something like that in the book. So (laughs) If there's going to be tit for tat, I'm, I'm fine with it. But right after I watched... Game of Thrones, still sitting in the chair with my wife watching TV, she flicks to the next thing that she wants to watch, which is an episode of Glee, the gay prom episode. So I go right from the from the Hummer Game of Thrones to the, the gay prom. I, this this is like multimedia gay eyes is what this is. <laughs> See, I don't know. I just solely to be hanging out with my wife. I have watched a few episodes of Glee, and I don't have the visceral hatred for it that you do. Compared to all those horrific reality TV shows that, that are on, it's it's actually a lot better. It's it's kind of quirky, and I, I can live with Glee. Glee's all right, I guess. I don't See, know how one becomes really, really caught up in it. But. I come by it honestly, though, because as a entertainment form, I kind of abhor the musical. And I don't really like the pop music that is most often celebrated on Glee. So I don't like all the bases that Glee is made of. And that just makes it worse for me. I mean, there are musicals that I actually enjoy. I enjoyed, say, Singing in the Rain, The Little Mermaid, Little Shop of Horrors. But there's, like, seriously a handful of musicals that don't make me want to stick a butter knife in my own eye. <laughs> yeah, and there there is some very painful music in Glee, but I I grudgingly admit there's actually some 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 kind of cool twists on songs that I don't like that they that they do sing. And even it, it, like okay, this this is one. And we I don't think we've ever talked about this. CeeLo yeah. Green's "Fuck You." Yeah, I love that song. Great I song. love the fact that it is a great soul tune. I love the fact that they have backup singers singing profanity they hired people with talent to sing this that is awesome the whole product and then they turn around and they do they don't even do f you they do forget you they totally ruin like anything that was good about that song they made it into shit and they made it into shit where on glee oh did that happen on glee yes oh wow and so it's just like fuck Everything that comes out of that show for me is just like a bucket of suck. The, 
the cover songs, even when they cover like Journey, the version it isn't as good. So why bother? Just don't do it. Uh, I hate that show. All right, I know you hate that show. <laughs> All right, you know what else I watched? Hmm. Finally watched Splinter. That was yeah. a cool little horror. Movie that is film. a good little movie. I like that too. Yeah, cool creature. I like it. If you're into zombie films, you could, yeah, you could even so. possibly categorize this as a zombie film because there is some reanimation of the dead. But it's it's creature feature, and it's good. And you should read Splinter. You, you should watch it. Yeah, I I enjoyed that film too. You know, it's, convict. It's like Netflix. It's, it's, it's on uh, convict and his girlfriend hook up with the innocent bystanders, get trapped inside the gas station in the middle of nowhere, and they're you know doing battle with the creature. And yeah, classic. Nothing nothing super original about it, but well done. Is it still streaming on Netflix? I believe it is. The only thing that re- they really did screw one part up, and it still kind of bothers me. The the leading uh, actress. Absolutely no nude scenes at all. <laughs> I I don't know what the director was thinking. <laughs> yeah. I, Other than that, it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, I saw Thor last week. I actually saw Thor twice last week. <laughs> what? Yeah. I saw Thor, but... I, I took the kids to see Thor, and then on Friday, my wife and I ended up with one of those nights where all of a sudden you look around and you don't have children. I've never had that. That, like, these playdates just happened, and we're like, oh, shit, we have a night. And unfortunately, like, nothing else was playing in the half-hour window where we could see a movie start. And so I enjoyed Thor the first time. I, I, I was It was okay seeing it again. And my wife enjoyed it. I, I think all the females in my house enjoy seeing that guy with his shirt off. So it oh, wasn't okay, a difficult... Yeah, it was not a difficult sell. But, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. I've already forgotten about that movie. That movie was... Iceberg lettuce. It was just, it was there and then it was gone. Two hours happened. I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was it. better than that. I thought that the, the guy who uh, played Loki was great. I thought Black Heimdall kicked ass. The people who were bitching because you can't have a black Viking. Did you hear about that shit? That's there, stupid as hell. Yeah, that that's, was stupid, that's as stupid, hell. stupid as hell. And that guy, Idris Alba, is an amazing actor. He was kick ass on the wire. And Heimdall was the shit. I loved him in that role. That was a fun role. And I just thought the movie was fun. I've always enjoyed the kind of huge cosmicness of what was going on with Thor. The kind of grandiose stuff of him. And, you know, when there'd be like these huge galactic battles with the Inhumans and the Avengers and stuff like that. I've always really enjoyed that. And so I was kind of a little bit bored with the stuff on Earth. And I, I kind of enjoyed more of the stuff in Asgard. I thought that was kind of just this fun, over-the-top kind of action epic stuff that was great popcorn viewing. I enjoyed that a lot. All right. I thought, like, the set design was cool. The costume design was cool. Well, I think that they took absolutely nothing, and they, they, they did a lot with it. I mean, it looked cool. There were cool action sequences. And you know what? The acting was really good. There was no bad acting in it, but there was just no, there was no there there. You saw it and it had about as much. Absolutely nothing. It's the work of Jack King Kirby, man. Oh, dude. We're no longer friends. (laughs) You can't diss the king. I'm not dissing. I'm saying that this particular movie was very. All right. Uh, what else? I'm still reading Heroes by Joe Abercrombie. It is this kick-ass battle book. I sent you a copy of that, did I not? I don't believe I got Heroes, no. Huh. Okay. If I haven't, I will, because I have an extra copy of it. 
And uh, what else? I've got another book that an author sent me. Uh, I will get to that soon, hopefully by next episode, so stay tuned. And, yeah, that's about it right now. That's what I've been working on. All right. Filthy jokes? Filthy jokes. All right. We're going to do a different take on filthy jokes. A little different twist. We're going to actually try comedy this time. These are original. (laughs) Original filthy jokes you've never heard anywhere else because we made these up. Unless we subconsciously plagiarize them. In which case, case, I'm very sorry. I thought I made it up. (laughs) Okay. Who's going first? You or me? You're going first. Okay. This one, I actually, my daughter and I were doing, I was helping her with her homework. We were sitting around at the dinner table, and this is what came out of it. Why was the mathematician grumpy? Why? Because she was on her decimal point. (laughs) That's a period joke. I like it. I also like that the mathematician is a woman. That's good. Yeah. Even though we all know girls can't do math. I was doing math with my daughter. It puts <laughs> yeah. the lie to that shit right there, my friend. <laughs> all right. So this guy's walking down the beach, and he trips over a, a lamp in the sand. And he thinks, wow, could it be? And rubs a lamp, and out comes a genie. And this genie is an absolutely beautiful female genie. She's amazing looking in a supernatural kind of way. And she goes... You almost uh, never see that. Yeah, it's, like I said, original material. So the genie, she says, you freed me from the lamp, you can have two wishes. Two? I thought, okay, fine, never mind. He's looking at the genie. But, well, you know, I'm already rich. I am already famous. I'm healthy. I've got it all going for me. I mean, I'm really in a good spot in my life. No matter how many material things I have, there, there's one thing I don't have. It. I want to have sex with you right now. I want to have genie sex. <laughs> so she goes, well, as you wish. And so they just start going at it. And as amazing as this genie looks, she's even more so in the celestial sack. And they, they are just, they are doing everything, everything this guy has ever wanted to do. Things he'd never even imagined before. He's just losing his mind. Right when he gets to that that moment, he goes, all right, this is amazing. My second wish is I want to feel this good for the rest of my life. So she kills him. (laughs) (laughs) Made me laugh. (laughs) A little praying mantis mantis humor there. Yeah, yeah. You didn't say how long he's like. Well done, sir. Never make wishes while you're in the throes of passion. All right. Thank yous uh, tonight. I would like to thank Stefan Kermer of Obscura. I'd like to thank Relapse Records for enabling us, helping make this whole thing happen. You're I'd like to thank us. Vaughn for calling us no less than two times. Vaughn, what are we going to do with you, man? You're, <laughs> you're going to blow a blood vessel in your brain or something. <laughs> you no calm down. I, in a perfect world, you would be Donald Trump's mailman. I'm telling you, man. I, I don't know, because those voicemails came a couple hours apart. I'm wondering if an adult beverage or worked free. its way in there. Yeah, I'm not sure. There might have been several Boilermakers between voicemail one and voicemail two. I certainly hope so. In my version of the story, that's what happened. Yeah. You know, in that second one, he just, it's like he's thrashing around. I picture him thrashing around, like knocking stuff off shelves while he's screaming. Yes, out of sheer rage. Yeah. Yeah. Our bullshit political system. 
It's been a while since you've had that sort of passion. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's sad. Also, the only passion left in my life is from a mailman in New Jersey. And thanks to Matt and Shannon from Seattle Geekly, of course. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 for the next three months because I paid my bill. <laughs> All right. Or you can reach the show via email at steve at bonehand.com. And bonehand.com, visit there every week because there's something new every Sunday, including the heavy half hour. And you can reach my work, such as it is, at mightywombat.com. You can follow my Twitterings at mighty underscore wombat. You can also follow me on Twitter and Bonehand over there, or there is a Bone Bat feed as well. We've got a new Facebook page, so come over there and search for The Bone Bat Show and give us a like if you please. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. And as always, thank you for listening. Our closing tune tonight, once again, from the band Obscura, is the song Avum, the mighty closing track from the album Omnivium 2011 on Relapse. Pick it up now. Once again, I'm Steve. And this is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
fuck you, Gord!